1: Here we go, John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel, always bringing it. I'm Dave Hooker, and it's the Ball Report brought to you by Viles Automotive Group and Big Orange Phillies. Tell you more about them as we go on. We're going to break down the SEC dominance after the college football playoff final, in which Georgia, yeah, they they won uh, pretty pretty convincingly, and it kind of makes me wonder where you would stack. Uh, Tennessee, and if if they did the playoffs all over, based off what we have seen, where would Tennessee rank? So let me start with this before we dig into it. Head to head is the most simple thing in the world, right? Would you agree with that, John?
2: Yes, I do.
1: So how is Alabama still ahead of Tennessee?
2: Because not everybody that votes in these polls thinks that way. They just don't. And they say, well, we got to look at the whole season. We can't look at just one game. I know, but if you're in, the, you take the SEC standings, and two teams have the same record in conference play. What do they do? They go to head-to-head. I mean, it's not complicated. I I don't get that. You had your chance on the field, and no matter what happened, whatever your problems were on that day, you still had a chance to win the game, but you lost. So. That's the best way to determine this. It's not the only way, but I I always, when I voted in the poll, in the AP poll, that's one thing I looked at. Now, if one of the main things, if you have three teams involved, and one beat one, one beat the other, you obviously can't do that. But two teams, head-to-head, it's simple. Tennessee beat Alabama. Yes, it was fortunate to do so, and yes, it was on its own field but that's what happened. And you can't eliminate that and shouldn't eliminate
1: that. So you've been an AP voter before. I've never been asked, but would duck that responsibility. Um, <laughs> like it was the plague. I mean, yeah. I, I really would. Cause I spend two or three hours on my Heisman vote. It means something to me. And I would be the same way with that same way with that. I don't have two or three hours on every, every Sunday to determine that. I know you feel the same, the same way about it. So, if you knocked out the top five, who would it be?
2: It'd be Georgia, Ohio State,, uh, Tennessee, Alabama, and Michigan.
1: Wow, where would you put? T- no,
2: I would have to put TCU. I'm sorry, I'm I'm contradicting myself. TCU beat Mi- Michigan. I don't care how bad TCU looked and how bad it lost to Georgia. It was so bad. I felt as though I was witnessing a crime being committed. Like somebody got off a subway and then just got assaulted by a bunch of people. So yeah, but no, I would still go with it. I, I mean, you got to give
1: TCU credit. It beat Michigan. Yeah, it's like voluntary frog slaughter.
2: Yeah. Hey, let's dissect these frogs like we used to do in biology class. And then I found out that my my uh, biology teacher, or it was, he, he'd gather up all these frogs and he'd have a big frog fry. You know, yeah. Family and friends. So, yeah, I, I just, it was just absolutely brutal. So that's why my, and again, you go back, I don't think there's any, <laughs> nobody, nobody thinks Georgia isn't the best team. And I will get, say that Ohio State outplayed Georgia and deserved to win that game, but it didn't win it. And I also think Georgia—that was an off day for Georgia—and it still won. And I think if it played Ohio State next week, it'd win by ten to fourteen points. But I give Ohio State all the credit. It's number two. I give Tennessee number. Cre- I give Tennessee credit because yeah, it lost to Georgia and it got hammered by South Carolina, but it beat some good teams and it beat Alabama. Therefore, I have Tennessee at three, and also give Tennessee credit for pretty much handling Clemson in that 31-14 to 14 Orange Bowl. Then I come back with Alabama, which whipped up on Kansas State, the Big 12 champion, have it at number four. That would be my 14 playoff if we did the playoff now after all this. So maybe that's what you should do. You have a playoff, and then you say, okay, now we know who's pretty good, who can handle a big stage. Now we do our real playoff.
1: Yeah, I think that's called the 12-team playoff. We're still a while away from that. We'll we'll, we'll get there. Um, Why Tennessee is the best hope for uh, an unboring 2023 football season. Uh, First, I want to remind you, Viles Automotive Group is fantastic. The epicenter of car shopping right there on Callahan in Knoxville. You've got to make the drive there and it's not far at all it's very convenient off the interstate save you a lot of money have an incredible car selection they want they need and they appreciate your business and their car service wow talk about getting the correct assessment on your car and not overpaying for stuff you don't need that's Viles automotive group it is fantastic on callahan so if you look at george's schedule german chocolate cake I mean, that is absolute cake. It is so incredibly easy. They'll be 7-0 and going into a bye. And when I look at it, the only real way that Georgia gets somehow upended from being back in the SEC championship game and likely playing in the college football playoff again is Tennessee. I don't know that any other team on their schedule, which is ridiculous, can, can beat them. So I think the Vols are the one team in the sec that everybody should root for so you don't see a boring sec john
2: well i I agree with you the schedule uh, george had a tougher schedule this year it opened with oregon which was a pretty good team and it just mailed at 49 to 3 um yeah i think tennessee because of the way it plays playing at home tremendous crowd support Uh, Josh Heupel's got it going offensively, and Tennessee will be better, I think, defensively next year. I mean, if I were putting odds on that game right now, though, I'd set the line at about 13 points, Georgia, favoring Georgia. I mean, I think Georgia on paper could be better next year. Um, Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's got some real star power coming back. Uh, And I think Tennessee will be really good, too if Georgia lost to Tennessee and went 11 and 1 Tennessee played in the SEC Championship game Georgia still might sneak into the into the playoff and uh haven't helped the rest of the teams in the field next year cuz i think Carson Beck will be its quarterback i think he's pretty good and got a lot of surrounding talent but i think t- when you look at the east next year i thought the SEC east it was eight and six against uh, against the West, which was quite a switch this past season. I don't know that the SEC East will be as good overall. That's why I think Tennessee can win ten games. Uh, I would have it behind Georgia, certainly uh, one, two in the SEC East. That third team, there's to me, there's going to be a distance between Tennessee and the third place team, whomever that might be—Florida, maybe, possibly South Carolina
1: what team is Tennessee's biggest threat in the sec East other than Georgia uh, brought to you by big orange Phillies, big orange Phillies has fantastic food. They're right there on Maynardville Pike and North Knoxville. They're close to the halls area. Also close to Maynardville. you got to get to big orange Phillies. They also have billiards. They've got darts. They've got everything you need. there at big orange Phillies on Maynardville Pike. Simply awesome. Check them out. The food is fantastic. So, in the SEC East, uh, I, I know you'll do your, your official prediction in August at SEC Media Days, but the 1-2 seems pretty simple to me. Um, you've got uh, Georgia, of course. You've got Tennessee. And then I guess we could discuss Kentucky, but they don't have Will Levis, who didn't play well, but is predicted to be a first-round draft pick for some reason. And then you have South Carolina, who, of course, closed the season strong and ended Tennessee's season. But who's Tennessee's – Most feared foe, you you think, with the exception of Georgia in the SEC East.
2: A good question. I I would probably go with Florida, simply because it's got to play Florida in Gainesville, and it's had a horrible time there in the swamp, as so many other teams have. But but when now, when you look ahead to the next season, you always have to look at quarterback in today's game. If you don't have a good quarterback and you can forget a championship, and I'm not sure you can even think about finishing second in a division is in, in one of the SEC divisions, Kentucky's added Devin Leary of South of, of North Carolina State. And he's really good. He's put up some really good numbers, was hurt this past season, played half a season, was really good two years ago. Also added Vanderbilt's running back. Uh so Yeah, those are nice pickups, but I just don't like Kentucky's overall depth chart right now. I didn't like it that much in 22, and you saw how good it was against Tennessee. (laughs) Uh, That was almost
1: a Georgia TCU uh, beating.
2: Um, So, yeah, I just kind of... huh.
1: That would be cat slaughter. Voluntary cat slaughter.
2: Yes, and that's... I don't know. I like cats, so I would dislike that i would prefer a frog slaughter that just seems fine because a lot of times i've been driving at night through southern part of illinois or somewhere so there's this area of the country it's like illinois kentucky some other states in there i don't know missouri or somebody and it's just weird and and all these little frogs just kept hopping in front of my car and i'm massacring them which was kind of like what happened last monday night Georgia should should have been driving a car. Stetson Bennett should just got in a car
1: and just drove over TCU's defense. (laughs) That's exactly what they needed. Uh, Brought to you by Biles Automotive Group on Callahan, the epicenter of car buying, selling, and car service. Big Orange Phillies on Maynardville Pike, great food, and more. Watch the NFL playoffs right there at Big Orange Phillies as you will be very entertained, you'll enjoy it, and family-friendly. I don't ever want to forget to mention that, family-friendly. Um, we've been there, it's fantastic. And uh, Check out the food.
0: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for.
1: 18- plus so um john we, we we talked a little bit before about tennessee's schedule um it certainly shapes up for another fantastic season i wonder what you think that vegas will put the early odds out on on the vols in terms of an over under i think it was seven and a half which i thought was one of the easiest over unders of the entire uh entire sec um i would I would say it's probably going to be nine uh i don't know that'll it get to nine and a half but what do you think
2: i think nine and a half uh lose to alabama and georgia i'm not saying it will lose to both but i mean those are games in which it will be an underdog i think it could be favored in all the other games i don't think it's a be- will be an underdog against uh against florida even though it's in the swamp uh but you know the south carolina game is a great reminder Usually when you think, okay, what's the optimal record a team would have? And I say, I think Tennessee will be 10 and two. Well, usually you're probably safe to just then give it another loss and say nine and three. But it went the other way with Tennessee this year. I thought it'd be nine and three. A lot of people thought eight and four. So based on my criteria, you should say, okay, John, drop it down to eight and four. Instead, Tennessee overachieved by that by that measurement, and was ten and two. So, I just think now, I just don't I don't see a lot of really strong challenges in the East. I know there a South Carolina game can always happen, but guys, the non conference schedule. There's no Pittsburgh next year. I mean, we look back on that season. That Pit game was a really tough game and a real challenge for Tennessee. It pulled it out. In overtime, had to come from behind. There's no Pittsburgh on the schedule. Virginia in the opener. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Virginia's just challenged offensively. And if you're challenged offensively in today's game, then there's a potential for, well, I use your uh, your description, a frog massacre occurring. I think we should use that in future when we see a huge beatdown. It could be a frog massacre. Yeah, that's what could happen in Virginia.
1: Poor Sonny Dykes and Max Duggan. They've done so many great things for themselves. I know. And now we're turning this into an actual thing.
2: Yeah, but it—it it, looking back, it should have lost in the final seconds to Michigan. And any, everybody would say, what a great accomplishment. Came back from a losing team, reached the college football semifinals, held your own against a Big Ten power. Look at you, man. I'm picking you to win the Big 12 next year. Now I'm wondering if they'll even fill the team next year. That's how bad that loss was. I think they'll
1: fill the team. The SEC, is it just too darn good? And and we're talking about Georgia being dominant. We're talking about Alabama. And as far as those Nick Saban retiring rumors, put that to rest because he just signed the number one team in the nation. Um. And now Tennessee appears to be at the elite level. I It looks like when they start the college football playoff, which is 2024, correct? Yeah. It, yeah. It looks like a lot that the SEC is going to have three teams in. And I know they'll try to spread them out where they don't play each other until the last possible game. But based off what I've seen, I think it's going to be the SEC in the finals pretty consistently.
2: Yeah, the only thing that could change that, Dave, is when you get into a twelve-team playoff, another round or so of of competitive games. Well, almost competitive. Uh, when you get into that, the possibility of injury enters into this. Um, you know, you don't know. I mean, you lose your quarterback, for example, in the first round. You win the first round, but lose your quarterback. I mean, what you're probably not going to make the championship
1: game. But John I would argue this if you if you lose your your quarterback if TCU had lost Max Duggan they're done. If Georgia loses Stetson Bennett, you've got a fantastic young man who's ready to step in for the same th- for Tennessee. I know we had questions about Joe Milton, and I still do, but that's that's an incredibly talented athlete. To me the fall off between the haves and the the frogsicker um, have not are – that's going to be as drastic at quarterback as any other position.
2: Yeah, you're right and and that's why when when you you talk about next season in the SEC, I mean you naturally say Georgia, Alabama, uh then you might throw Tennessee and LSU. Right now, I think LSU is right there behind Georgia. I would have LSU ahead of Alabama. I think it will win the West again. Why? Because it has a quarterback. In fact, it has two quarterbacks. And I'm not sure Alabama has one. Not not the kind that can win an SEC division.
1: Well, uh, interesting to to see how things play out. I think uh, uh Bryce Young just a I thought he should have been a two time Heisman trophy winner. That's what, I agree. I mean that I I just um I think he is one of those I don't want to say once in a generation, but at least once in a decade type of player. I think he's that good. I think he's going to have success in the NFL. Speaking of, what did you think of uh, Josh Dobbs and, and his display? To me, there you could, you could talk about the mistakes he made, but that offense is incredibly limited for a number of reasons. Um, I got big time kudos for that young man for hanging around and being a part of meaningful games. At this what, six year point in his career? A lot of I mean, a lot of people hang it up way before that. They throw the clipboard down. And kudos to that young man.
2: Yeah, there's some other guys like that in the NFL, and I respect him. A guy that can come in and start and start when your QB is injured. And he moved past Malik Willis. We I don't understand why the Titans ever drafted him, but that's a that's another story. Uh I gotta remember Josh Joshua Dobbs is smart. And he was there with the Titans for a couple of weeks, and uh, he was able to pick up the offensive system, which is not complicated, granted, but it's still a pro system. Its offensive system is hand the ball to Derrick Henry and then do that again and again and again and again. But Joshua Dobbs, he doesn't have a great receiving core. I, th- I thought he did okay, and I give him a lot of credit for hanging around I mean, just to be on an NFL roster, it's really hard. I mean, mean, you got to be really good just to make an NFL roster, even if you don't play. I I just think it's extremely challenging. And, And when you think about it, that's the hardest position in sports is an NFL quarterback. I mean, it really is what all is expected and ask of those guys. And he was able to come in and and start for the Titans. But just to be a backup on an NFL roster, that's really an accomplishment. I hope he hangs in there because I think he's the kind of guy. And you know what? I could see him. If I were an NFL team, I would look at him. and, And if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, or somebody like that, or the Baltimore Ravens, I would covet Joshua Dobbs' as backup quarterback because he can run. He's a strong runner, and he doesn't break down. We saw that in college. He can hang in there. He's durable. There's a system for him.
1: I agree. Um, If the Titans find an offensive coordinator that can make his way home without getting arrested, then – Hey, maybe they can do something.
2: But wouldn't you – kind of wouldn't you like to see Derrick Henry with a really
1: good team for a year just to see what he would do? Yeah, and you feel like in the back of your head the clock's ticking because – Oh, yeah. I mean, they just don't last.
2: I know. But the guy looks like an NFL defensive end. He looks like if you made J.J. Watson say, okay, you're going to be a running back this year. I mean, he's extraordinary. He's one of the greatest running backs of all time in the NFL.
1: Yeah. Somebody on this podcast wrote on ESPN.com that he should play defensive end. that somebody may be an idiot. And it's his name's Dave. He's John Adams. I thought that was the best way he would be. Anyway, he would be an all pro defensive end too.
2: Oh yeah. But you have to admit, I mean, he just comes up with, he approaches defenders and it's kind of like, you know, should I really try to tackle him? I mean, I got to think of my career.
1: Uh, it's, a, it's a great point. And he's John Adams. I'm Dave Hooker. The Vol Report with John brought to you by Viles Automotive Group and Big Orange Phillies. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We will see you next week. A presentation of Off the Oak Sports